0: Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks, A Nightmare on Elm Street podcast from WeAreTessellate.com where every Friday we will be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. The We Are Geeks podcast series is published by We Are Tessellate and it is a completely independent podcast series. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders that the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Come to Freddy's
1: running in the hallway. (laughs) This is God.
0: Geeks! Hello and welcome to our Geeks uh, Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective podcast. We're on episode six. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare released in 1991. The claw sound you can hear if you're just listening <laughs> to this podcast this is Alex with our Freddy glove. If you want to watch the video version of this podcast, head on over to YouTube. Typing We Are Tessellate with two s's and two l's and Geeks, and you'll you'll get. Or well, just type in Nightmare on Elm Street and Geeks, and you'll get you'll get a. Uh, channel and you can subscribe joining me and
1: (laughs) fiddling a little bit
0: too uh, enthusiastically with the Freddy glove Mm. is the word i think i'm looking for Mm. alexander chard hello al i'm your host al white um so if you've been hopefully joining us for the rest of this podcast every week we've been moving through the nightmare on elm street franchise we're now at the end of what some would call i guess the canon franchise because next up we've got Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is a very different thing, as we'll see next next week. I'm excited. Freddy's versus Jason. And then the reboot. The Michael Bay produced reboot. So, here we are. The final
1: nightmare. Freddy's
0: Dead, The Final Nightmare. Directed by Rachel Talalay, the only female director in this entire series.
1: Talalay, hee-hoo! So,
0: so far. Um... She also went on to direct. I think she went on to direct Tank Girl. Am I correct with that, or did she just have something else? To Ali McBeal. Yeah, she went on them. to direct a Tank Girl. A couple of years after this, I Allison, I'm come th- join hello.
1: us. <laughs> just about you're going to hide uh, off screen. You're going to hide off screen. You're about um, to hear what this film was like.
0: Yeah. Alison's just joined us, but she will not be on camera because she's allergic to podcasts and cameras. Um, yeah, and who, who's it star? So we actually get a whole bunch of guest cameos in this one. Johnny Depp is back for one scene. You pointed out
1: Roseanne. Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. I miss them.
0: Yeah. Um, and Alice Cooper.
1: Alice Cooper is in one scene. Was Freddie's dad. Freddie's dad. Or not biological father, I'm guessing. I think it was meant to be biological father.
0: Because I think that's where he gets the abusiveness
1: from, is from his genes. No, but isn't his biological father one of the 100 maniacs who oh, raped
0: his mother? Good point, good point. So so just double doubling down there on the abusive <laughs> yeah. fathers. Um, Robert Englund getting top billing again. We have Lisa Zane. Uh, we have Sean Greenblatt as John Doe. Uh, we have Leslie Dean as Tracy. Ricky Dean Logan as Carlos. Meyer from Road Trip. What, what do you learn from? <laughs> Clueless is what you know him from. <laughs> Uh, He's he's a a robot chicken guy, isn't he, with Seth Green Uh, As Spencer uh, And Yafet Koto
1: as Doc Who looks a lot like Kincaid Looks a lot like Kincaid An an older Kincaid Although this was set 10 years later But Kincaid, obviously So it would have made sense But Kincaid's dead Maybe that was a little weird nod Mm -hmm. So,
0: alright I'm going to try and go through the plot of this film (laughs) And then we'll talk a little bit about how this film was written so, the film takes place. It starts with another quote. Um, they're, they're into their pretentious quotes now mm-hmm. starting film, these films.
1: Two quotes in this one.
0: This one starts with two. You start off with one from Nietzsche, which is, Do you know the terror of he who falls asleep? To the very toes he is terrified, because the ground gives way under him, and the dreams begin. And then they follow that up with a quote from Freddy, which is, Welcome to primetime, bitch.
1: Yep. If, uh, if you remember, that was from the previous film. That
0: was, was it? The previous, previous, wasn't it?
1: No, it's from three. Sorry, it was from three, was from three yeah. When ago. the kids are in the it's all got mixed up.
0: Uh, classic Freddy there, brushing shoulders with the greatest philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so clearly setting a tone right from the beginning. A pop song starts, starts us off as well. Um, now, it also has a strange sort of fax machine noise, and we see some old 80s sort of graphics of A Map of America mm-hmm. and then explained to us that Springwood, um, all of the children and teenagers have died. It says 10 years from now. 10 too. years from now, yeah. Whenever now is. Yeah. We're not entirely sure when the other ones are. But if we just go from... Let's go from... I mean, if it's talking about now, this film came out in 991. So that okay. means this film is based 2001. The fashion sure points to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, who knows? Uh, but all the teenagers and kids have died in Springwood. There is adults experiencing mass psychosis, uh, but there is evidence of one surviving teenager. I'm not really sure what this evidence is. If it's... Uh, like, yeah. We're mm-hmm. talking, if You're looking confused. Yeah, because who was the surviving teenager? Well, it's Lee Kai, John Doe. He's the surviving teenager. That's or would right. it be his... Or, or was he the daughter? daughter? But she's not a teenager. Anyway. Right, good point. Well, no, but he has... No, because... No, it has to be John Doe, because then... We start then with an airplane in a storm. John Doe, who is this kid who's clearly running away from Springwood. Um, but then a little girl talks to him in his dream, tells him he's going to ha- make you help him because you're the last. So yeah, he's the last mm-hmm. of Springwood. Um, and then basically Freddy appears to him. Uh, we'll get into how he appears to him <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, I can't believe it. Tells him that he's, he's got to be a good little doggy and fetch and sends him back on a road to Springwood. However, he turns up at a town near Springwood, like one over there. I don't think he's ever named this city.
1: Uh, no, it, nah. not that I, I mean, I
0: probably missed it. It feels like Detroit from Robocop. It certainly does. Um, he turns up there and somehow, I mean, he goes to the police. This was confusing for me. He goes to the police department, but the police department seems to have a refuge for... Te- I mean, I Yeah, know- he
1: gets picked up by the police on That's the it. street because they see him in an alley He's kinda of wide. He's got something in his like in a little patch that he's taking, I think, to stay awake. To stay awake, yep. Um, um and they take him to the youth shelter.
0: That's it, that's it. So this youth shelter has of course a couple of counselors. We've got the guy who looks like Kincaid, and then we have Maggie, um, who becomes the other lead. And then we're introduced to three other kids, which is Spencer, the kid from Road Trip, um, who is the son of the police chief. Uh we get him playing Ninja Gate Gaiden when we first see him, which mm-hmm. I used to have that little
1: remember when Yeah.
0: The handhelds used to be just the uh, images and it would just switch between images. Yeah, I
1: had a, uh, a Batman one. I think it's Batman oh, nice. Returns. Or oh, maybe I think it was the I the that Batman. One as well.
0: The single screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have <laughs> Tracy, the kickboxing girl who, quote, doesn't like to be touched. And then a guy with a hearing aid called Carlos. That's really his defining feature, isn't it? Is there anything else we learned about him? No. No? That's He's it. got a hearing problem. Fair enough. <laughs> um so john doe has only one thing on his person which is a clipping of a woman called loretta um who disappeared 30 years ago and her name is loretta kruger Mm -hmm. we don't know anything else about her um but then they figure out from some dreams and from the water tower in the background she was from springwood so they go on a trip to springwood and accidentally take the other three kids that we just mentioned who are stowed away in the back. Trying to escape. They turn up at Springwood. It's all weird. Uh, there are no kids anywhere. The parents are just wandering around with DS like a psychosis um, all, all freaking out and talking mm-hmm. to invisible children who are no longer there. Uh, and then they go, a couple of them, well, the lead and Maggie go to the school. To try and find out what's going on, they find a scrapbook, which basically fills them in on all the backstory of Freddy Krueger within about a five-second shot. Mm -hmm. That then we're just meant to take it as gratis. Oh, okay. They now understand the lore of Freddy. Uh, The other three kids, meanwhile, have found themselves on Elm Street, unable to leave Springwood um, for whatever reason. Uh, They break into a house, which then morphs into the Nancy's house. Yeah. Which, again... We're suggesting it's Freddy's house. By this point, it is deeply disconnected, <laughs> <connected>. Mis- misconstrued <laughs> yeah. still for Freddy's house when it was just Nancy's house, um, and yeah, and Freddy starts appearing to them, picking them off one by one. It becomes- Although,
1: wait, sorry to interrupt you there. Maybe we'll get to, we'll probably get to this. I dare you. But in a later flashback, where Freddy, the young Freddy Krueger, is being abused by his dad in the basement. Mm-hmm. We don't
0: see the outside of the house clear enough, Okay, I
1: don't think. It's a bit of a stretch then to just say, that's
0: the house. (laughs) It's definitely a stretch. Um, They start getting picked off one by one in in increasingly goofy fashion. We find out that one of them is Freddy's child, John Doe, our lead, believes it's going to be him. Um, And it turns out, nope, it's not. It's actually Freddy's daughter, who is Maggie, the counselor. Um, And this weird convoluted backstory (laughs) comes about. We get a lot of flashbacks of Freddy uh, before he died, back mm-hmm. when he was human. We have him as a child uh, being abused by his, his stepfather, I guess, or adopted father, yeah. whatever you call it. Um, but by that point, he's already enjoying cutting himself, um, enjoying pain as his father whips him. Um, we see him even younger in school being teased by all the kids who chant, Son of a Hundred Maniacs, Son of a Bastard Son, I think they say, of a Hundred Maniacs. Um, and he's. Killing a mouse with a little hammer and getting enjoyment out of He's that. He's got a
1: hammer in his <laughs> elementary school class. In the back of the class, just <laughs> pounding it. None
0: of the kids are scared of him. They're all just sort of celebrating his weirdness. <laughs> um, and, then, and then we see him getting burnt by the parents of Elm Street for killing all their children. Um, and for the first time, the twist of three sperm demons, which is what they look like <laughs> yeah. to me, floating in the air. They offer, seem to offer him in two sentences a deal. I guess. Yeah. They say, "What do you want?" And he says, "I want everything." And they go, "All right." And, <laughs> and then they kind of yeah. give him
1: immortality. Um, I and- wish I hadn't seen that bit.
0: <laughs> You're fine with res, just that one bit.
1: Well, I mean, I'm fine with the parents him, but then, so yeah, the, the little sperm demons were pretty were out there. <laughs> They're distressing. The fact that they talk as well. Yeah. Roar. Oh man.
0: Um. Anyway, and we found out Freddy had a wife. Uh, he had a daughter. The daughter, his wife, basically found out that he was doing things with children. He then kills his wife and the daughter oversees this. He makes a promise to never tell anyone, but she does. And then that's how he's kind of come up and how he ends up getting burnt, will it to believe? But Maggie blocked it all out um, and didn't remember any of this. She ends up confronting Freddy. They realize together that the best way to kill him is the same way as Nancy did yeah, <laughs> exactly 11 way. years ago, <laughs> Yeah, which is bring him into the real life um, and then kill him that way. To bring him into the real life, uh, she stabs him with many different items, puts a pipe bomb in him. He blows up. Three sperm demons come out again <laughs> laughing. Laughing. And fly off to who knows where. And then she says... Back to the shack." Freddy's... <laughs> and he says, Freddy's dead. And we're treated to another kind of uh, sort of pop rendition of his theme tune. And credits roll yep. with a sort of montage of, I guess, the best bits of Freddy. Of the whole
1: series up until that point. Yep. Which are kind of... I enjoyed, especially in light of us doing this, to to see all those moments. We could have just done that. We didn't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and clearly the bits that... I mean, the bits from the first film just still look above and beyond the rest. Yeah. Easily.
0: Yep. You see easily. those clips, you're like, oh, wow, haunting clips. And then you cut to Cartoon Freddy. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and then an R.I.P. at the end of the movie because they really did. So here's, let's just clear this up straight away, shall we? They 100% intended this to be the last ever Freddy film. Now that happens a lot with horror films. Um, rarely does it pan out that way, but in a weird way, it still is. Because as we said, Wes Craven's new nightmare for next week's podcast, very different. Freddy versus Jason sort of in its own universe and then the reboot. So this really is the end of the evolution of what Freddy's become um, in this series. Um, I want to give a couple more facts to do with how it was written. Was it written? <laughs>
1: was it just made up on the spot?
0: Peter Jackson had a hand in this.
1: What? The Peter Jackson? The, no, just a Peter Jackson. <laughs> a yeah. Peter Jackson. The Peter Jackson. So,
0: let me try and summarize this. Again, we're getting some of these facts from various um, online websites, including the we minored in movies, uh, dot com. Uh, So, by 1990... The year before this movie, Peter Jackson had only directed a couple of New Zealand films. Um, his small one, he did, was it Brain Dead and uh, I don't know. something else? He just did a couple of Slock films. But New Lines Mark Ordetsky liked what he saw and brought Jackson in with writing partner Danny Mulheron. Why do they have such difficult names? Why can't they just have easy names for me? Um, to write Nightmare on Elm Street 6 The Dream Lover was what it was going to oh be called. Oh my God. The Dream Lover. So we'd had the Dream Warriors, The Dream warrior the dream child sorry no, no no the
1: dream dream warriors dream master yep. the uh, dream yeah the dream child and then
0: it was going to be the dream lover mm. <laughs> next one the story made freddie older weaker and decrepit uh, a victim to elm street kids who were taking sleeping pills at slumber parties to team up in their dreams and beat the living crap out of the bastard child of a thousand maniacs the primary conflict would come when the father of one of freddie's former tormentors slipped into a coma thus made subject to freddy's torture in a permanent dream world the stage would be set for a throwdown between freddy and the son coming to save his father though the script went unproduced it was the moment jackson got his foot in new lines door beginning a professional relationship which culminated with lord of the rings nice interesting weirdly at the allison's just looking perplexed through all of this <laughs> your face is great you've come over to watch like a movie or two with us today and i could just see you immediately being i might go." shuffle now. out <laughs> You're here for the best. Yeah, dependent. Some people hate the next one. Some people love it. It's definitely
1: more sophisticated. I really wish you had watched the last three with us. I wish
0: anyone would watch the last three oh with us. We keep, I want to recommend them all just so people go through the things we go through. <laughs> um, so interesting. at the end of the last one, we said, where do we want us to go now? How mm-hmm. can they save Freddy? I said, I would love a slumber party. <laughs> Set up for one night with a bunch of kids already know yeah, about him, that, trying yeah. to beat the shit out of him, which is partly what they were doing.
1: That's, that's a great idea.
0: Maybe you should remake that one. It's too late now. Um, Is it? <laughs> so, as we talked about, Freddie's director was Rachel Talalay. She had produced a bunch of the ones previously. Um, and she's the only other female to direct a Nightmare's film. Uh, yeah, she was line producer on three and number four, but sat out on number five.
1: Uh, yeah, and they And abandoned. then came back with her own masterpiece.
0: Well, yeah. So, uh, she had her own story... So, the Michael Almerida script that was originally there um, killed off Elm Street 4 and 5's protagonist, Alice, straight away. Because she's abandoned in this movie. We don't come back Mm -hmm. to her. Uh, And focus instead on her 16-year-old son, Jacob, whom Freddy was attempting to use again to access children outside of Springwood. Jacob will be assisted in his fight against Freddy by Taryn, Kincaid, and Joey from Dream Warriors, whose souls had been freed from Freddy, if you remember, at the end of the Dream Master, and were now returned by an unknown force as super-powered regulators known as the Dream Police. Fuck off.
1: Does it (laughs) say Dream Police? It is, quote, Dream Police.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) So they brought their souls back to help out. Uh, The problem was that Freddy couldn't kill them and they couldn't kill him either, resulting in a semi-climactic epic battle in which the dream police and Freddy literally tear each other apart, only to then reform for another round of combat. So it fell upon Jacob and his love interest Karen to defeat Freddy, who was finally bested when Karen discovered Freddy had been raised by an abusive foster father whose form she took to reduce Freddy to a childlike um, state in the dream world. Rachel Talalay hated this script. Good and New Line uh, Power executive Michael De Luca stepped in to write Freddy's Dead as far more faithful to Talalay's original pitch. De Luca had similarly performed re- uh, emergency rewrites on The Dream Child. So that's the back history of this one. God, um, she well, also, apparently, Talalay became quite ill at the end of this film, so it ended up the producer to come in and shoot a lot of the end of the movie without her. Right. Uh, but it's un- I'm not sure which bits... Um, that, that he ended up taking over.
1: Uh, just all these ideas being thrown around. Like thinking of the first, <laughs> the original film, uh, just what people thought they could bring and add to it is just off the wall. It's in,
0: I think it's also this like incubated state of, normally they were doing them all within a year. So you get the mm-hmm. film out, they had to be working next and straight away. I mean, yeah. getting a film out in a year is tough, particularly one as crazily, you know practical and yeah and CGI effects as as these this stuff has this one had a couple of years though so it had a little bit more time to gestate good so alex (laughs) now normally we'll go through the film blow by blow yeah try and get a little bit into the meat of it Mm -hmm. so we kick off and uh we're with a new character john doe Mm -hmm. never find out his name you happy with that you happy leaving alice behind
1: oh absolutely yeah by the end of the last one i mean i just had no interest in her story at all and i would have been really disappointed if we had kicked off with her again
0: you didn't want what about jacob or something would you have been happy moving to that this is 10 years later jacob could have been
1: no 10. i was happy to just leave it all behind okay um forget about it move on yeah
0: okay fair enough. Yeah. Um, So you get the first time... I always feel it's important in these films the first time Freddy introduces himself. I always Mm notice it. Is it a shadow? Is it the claw scratch? Is it him jumping out from somewhere? In this one, John always having a dream. He's on the airplane. He's falling out of the airplane. He wakes up in his bed. No, he's still in a dream. The house is falling. He hears a cackling and the rise of the Valkyries music starts playing. Mm -hmm. Looks out his window. What does he see?
1: He sees uh, in a very um deliberate um I guess tribute to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> sure. He's he's uh Freddy as the wicked witch on a broomstick. Cackling. <laughs> Cackling.
0: <laughs> yep, with the hat and everything. Yeah. Um how are you feeling at this point?
1: Um well you had sort of pre warned me about Freddie being being uh being the wicked witch in this film. Yes um so i was expecting it i was not expecting it right off the bat because like you i've always sort of i've enjoyed how freddy has been revealed in each of the films um i think the first two do it really well the third as well actually um and then it just gets a bit crazy and then this just you know yeah takes the prize for being just the most wackiest unexpected reveal and it just i thought it was hilarious
0: you're you're on board.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me it was like it set up how silly it was gonna be right away. So because I had that from the get go, I was like, cool, I'm not gonna
0: Yep. <laughs> My bar was you low. know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like we're saying four, When you start with a quote, I mean, the others have tried to be pretentious with their quotes mm-hmm. and then the films are generally awful. They yeah. started the quotes with number three. I think they did it. I think they missed one of them, but then they did it for four, I think, and then missed five. It? Um, so to start with a quote from Nietzsche and then go to a quote from Freddy, is definitely a middle finger to the series in terms of we're just going to have fun here and be stupid mm-hmm. and be as cartoonish as we want to be and just celebrate what Freddy had become, which this was... So the horror like horror in film at this point was kind of dead. 1991, the slasher phase was well over. The new slasher phase of Scream and stuff wasn't going to start for another four or five years. Um, So this was really a dull part for horror and it really looked like that genre was just going to dissolve into straight to video and that was was it. Um, So there wasn't much to lose really and I Mm -hmm. think they're all struggling with how, I mean, these were all still making a lot of money but they were seen as failures because they weren't making as much money as they used to. Yeah. Um, Friday 13th, was really hitting... Where were we in 91? Yeah, it was done, I think, twice. And then it was moving over to New Line by this point. Um, so, yeah, they just didn't... I think it was just a strange point of, well, expectations are out the window. Let's just have fun and yeah, be as silly as we want to be with it.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that absolutely worked. Like, just being uh, quite blatant and obvious about it from the get-go just made it more accepting. And it made me think back to the previous one we watched, 5... Um, and that was you know that had at its core I think was still trying to be a serious horror mm-hmm. film but then it had it was so imbalanced with its kind of cartoony Freddy moments and just overall poor filmmaking yep. <laughs> that it just didn't work
0: well yeah that's the thing he had become such a pop culture icon mm-hmm. we didn't mention it in the last one but at the end of that <laughs> that one you get a rap song there's a big rap video with the thing they're called the fat boys or what they're mm. called um, where Freddy actually raps in that and stuff. You know, he had become such a different thing by this point. You had a video game with him in it. Yeah, he was no longer the Freddy Krueger that you'd be scared of. He was definitely the Freddy Krueger that kids were dressing up as mm-hmm. for Halloween. And everyone, you know, kind of knew him and could celebrate him as as a friend. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, and this Freddy really reminded me of where he was at. Because I think the TV series started not too long after this um, because... 9.88, yeah, just a couple oh, yeah. years before. So, yeah. like, he he was already that character that would introduce the TV series. Yeah. It was, like, completely on that same line. Then
0: we said it last one, he was a, he'd become a game show host, even more so with this. Yeah. Like, even...
1: Why do we have Pizza Hut written on your little pad? <laughs> I don't know, I drew a little... <laughs> I drew is a little... Pro- uh, are we trying to get sponsorship right now? I is just drew something? a little red thing here. Trapezium, I think that shape is called. Trapezium. And then I wrote Pizza Hut.
0: Do you remember yes. what a rhombus looks like?
1: A rhombus, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like an uneven quadrilateral.
0: Do you remember, Alison? Is he, it? Well, yeah, sort of, yeah, oh, but it on down? its side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. on its flat side, not on its pointy side.
1: Yeah.
0: Excellent. Let's talk about that for a while. <laughs> um, so he goes from being the witch to then being a bus driver again, like he was in the beginning and the end of the second film. Mm-hmm. He propels the kid through reality through his dream into reality i yeah. don't really understand this i think that was a it a glass wall and it leaves a paper cut out very
1: cartoony yeah paper cut out
0: it is we With mentioned like looney Spike, tunes yeah. a few times we're going to mention looney tunes a lot in this one because this is so so fucking looney tunes it's just insane um everything that happens in all of the dream sequences from the sound effects to the performances to the mm-hmm. visuals um And then the kid falls down a hill for about three minutes. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah. Some of the best wails I've (laughs) ever heard. He's just like, ah, 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 ah. (laughs) He just keeps going and going and going. Um, All right. Well, how do you like the group that we're given? Spencer, Tracy, Carlos, Maggie, John Doe?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind it. Again, this was better because it was a smaller group uh, in the previous ones or from... Yeah, from three onwards, where they were in the psych ward, it's like the groups just getting, kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, so, yeah, this one smaller group, I liked them enough to, to, to that you know, they were interesting. They weren't. It's really difficult for me to describe because I, I kind of I wasn't invested in it in the same way. Um, as i was like for the first one for example where you're kind of you're you have an empathy for the characters and you're concerned for their journey whereas this i was like okay they're interesting enough that i'll follow along for the ride okay okay so that's where i was at yeah those I particular what people
0: we were saying like our thing uh, the way we judge we seem to, to be judging these films is is it fun mm. is it scary it can be one or two of those things mm-hmm. and do you either support Freddy or do you support the victims mm-hmm. you know are you getting behind someone in this do you want to either see enjoy freddy killing them or do you enjoy them trying to like go up against freddy um yeah so like with this bunch i mean they're more likable than some i mean knowing Breck and Meyer's face makes mm-hmm. it a little bit easier there's so one note, it's um. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's literally the only thing I know about that one kid is he has bad hearing. Yeah. That's all I know about him. Yeah. And then the other girl is just defined by how grumpy she is and she just wants to beat everybody up the whole time. Mm-hmm. People just erratically shout in this movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> strange times. Like when the counselor asks John Doe, where do you, where do you come from?
1: I don't know! <laughs>
0: and then he's just normal again <laughs> afterwards. So bizarre. Really bizarre. Um... But yeah, they all they all go off in the shittiest van I've ever seen on film um, to Springwood, and end up at a fun fair that's still going from ten years ago. When
1: it's sort of yeah, it's sort of like as if the residents of Springwood have just kind of kept it going. Yeah. and they're all crazy, all talking to kids that aren't there. Now, I really liked that idea. Okay, I liked in in some ways. I felt like it didn't. F- really fit with the canon of of, uh, and the arc of springwood as you kind of as you see it from the first one and through the kind of Mm -hmm. uh, next few films it sort of felt a bit separate from that but i still liked the idea that yeah the kids had kind of been killed off and and that it was just this kind of ghost town. And that the adults were left, sort of lost. Well, I know, that no like...
0: one's noticed this town where it says, what, 22,000 people <laughs> live yeah. there on the signpost? Yeah. And only then they are corrected later to 14,000 because all the kids are gone on it. Mm-hmm. No one notices this town where, for 10 years, all the teenagers and kids have been killed and are gone. Yeah. And these parents are just left. How do they eat? None of them seem to have any facilities to be able to yeah. realize realities around them.
1: I mean... <laughs> clearly <laughs> all clearly all logic is thrown <laughs> out the door and and i i completely get that um but i thought it was cool <laughs> just, they just get like, there and i thought well this is like this like makes no sense it's just weird well, i like this is like it the weird. wicker man
0: and then yeah one of the kids then says oh man we're in twin peaks now and you're like yeah, yeah. exactly you're in yeah. a shitty version of twin peaks
1: yeah yeah um, no i just loved the sort of weirdness and absurdity of it um yeah, so you know they're at the fair. Um, do you want to continue where they go to next?
0: Well, the bell rings in the school because they get there. Then the parents notice. One of them comes up to them. more crazy lady says, "It's been so long since we have children. This time it will be different. I'll hide you better, and he'll never find you." Mm-hmm. And then a the bell goes off at the school, so they split up. Which I was a bit confused. I think I blinked and missed what happened there.
1: Yeah, I don't know if the I don't know if the runaways stole the van or if they were like we'll told take to it. go home
0: i don't know but yeah. they're basically trying to leave springwood while the lead and maggie John Doe and maggie head off to the school they find a drawing of freddie on the floor um and then a teacher in a room who's who's giving a class on freddie 101 and on the chalkboard there's all these things about freddie including a line which says "Freddy kills elvis question <laughs> mark did it yeah oh, I that uh, a little bit of retro history there. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, yeah, a scrapbook that you cut to them just browsing for a couple of seconds where, as we said, they get all their info on. Mm-hmm. And then they just seem to know everything about Freddy and treat him as if they've been dealing with him for ages. Yeah,
1: I mean, at that point, neither none of those characters had mentioned his name. And uh, now John Doe character turns to, what's the woman's name? Maggie? Maggie, yeah. And yeah. says something, something, Freddy, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. And then they're on, continue with their mission.
0: It's... it's- It's really confusing. (laughs) Everyone just seems to get on board with the Freddy mythos very quickly. Yeah, Um, I'm also confused because then when the other kids enter the house that turns into Nancy slash Freddy's house, it says on it 1428 Elm Street. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the movie, there's a bit where John Doe is there and it says 1427 Elm Street. And I don't know maybe if that was his house. Maybe he lived right next door to Nancy.
1: So there was a bit later on. I feel like you missed it. Me? You may have been typing because there's a bit later on where our John Doe wakes up. In his house And mm. walks out the door okay. And Nancy's house Is across the road
0: Oh okay So he was meant to live Opposite Nancy's yeah. house Essentially Okay okay, Alright I'm with it um, <laughs> it's, Still, hard, it's hardly So filled
1: all the holes For you know.
0: <laughs> well let's start With the fucking hole of. We've been moaning Because in the first Freddy film It's mm-hmm. all about He's in the dreams That's where he wants to be He kills the people He's killing the children Connected with the parents Who killed him In real mm-hmm. life Then in the second one He's trying to come To real life for reasons never explained because in the first one it stipulated he's vulnerable I love life. that
1: you're trying to join all the dots right now <laughs> <laughs> then
0: <They're> not... <laughs> keep going please <laughs> <laughs> then they go with just all over the place if he's trying to utilize other people's real other people's dreams who have dream powers to bring people into their dreams so then mm-hmm. he can kill other people because he can't get to them because they're not connected to him like in in three.
1: Well, in three, he's also trying to kill the last of the Elm Street children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But he's trying to do it through... No. Sorry. Yeah. So then they realize they can bring people in. So in the fourth one, they're using that power given to Alice to then yeah. bring people into her dreams. He's using her to get to the other people he can't get to for reasons not entirely explained, but I guess mm. because he's not directly connected to them
1: by yeah. his real life, I, I guess. I guess. And he just needs more souls. He just enjoys killing I think.
0: Yeah. Um. And then in and then in the and then in this one we're back to the no I think in the last one five again he's trying to come back into real life is what's stipulated um, through, the body, of through a child. the body of a child which why does he want to come to real life we've already shown that he shouldn't be that's when he's vulnerable and they back that up again in this one mm-hmm. cuz in this one he's basically killed everyone in Springwood that he can cuz he's very picky and doesn't like parents mm-hmm. not any teenagers and kids which again makes no sense by this point cuz everyone knows about Freddy so he wants to piggyback off of someone else to start killing people in a different city. He, at the end of the film, when he finally comes face to face with his daughter and says, basically, I'm just using you because only through my own blood can I get to a different city. That's the correct face to be pulling, Allison. Only through my own blood can I get to a different city, Robocops Detroit, to start yeah. killing other children yeah. and start this all again just because he wants to. Because he just has a lust for blood. So he needs, to, he needs her to come to Springwood to Pick get him inside up. her dreams, mm-hmm. essentially, to then transport him back to somewhere else so then he can get out of her dreams and start going to other people's dreams. Yeah. So she's like an Uber Well done. taxi. Well
1: done. <laughs> Wrapped it all up.
0: And they decide in this one, well, he's vulnerable when he's alive or brought into real life. So let's bring him into real life again, which he spent two films trying to do himself. Which
1: he tried to do, yeah. What
0: all the right. fuck is going on? Yeah. It's like they haven't even watched their own films. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's like they forgot also all the ways he died because there's a bit where Freddy says to one of the guys, labels all the ways he died. Yep. Sorry to jump ahead here. Says it to Maggie. Yeah. Um. But says that he was
0: buried. He says, they tried to burn me. <laughs> they tried to bury me. Then they used holy water.
1: Which was the burying. Which is the same time as the yeah.
0: burying. And then he misses out at the time where they tried to put him back inside his mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mention that one because I was waiting. How's he going to summarize that (laughs) one up without sounding stupid? Oh, they just don't say it. But that was kind of cool. Could you have a call out to the original where he's chopping his fingers He did
1: mention where where he was destroyed by the power of love.
0: Yeah, he didn't mention when the girl (laughs) made out with him and he cried and then... Melted. He he was killed (laughs) by the inacceptance of homosexuality in the (laughs) 1980s. (laughs) Oh boy, this movie... I had, sorry, I had to get this stuff because you sounding, you're sounding very positive about this movie so far. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see at the end of this podcast if you recommend it. To yeah, me yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so then we get our first real... I mean, we have had a few... Well, I don't think we have any kills. We have our first proper kill, which is with the kid who has a hearing aid. So you know as soon as he has a hearing aid, there's always ironic kills in Freddy films. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to be killed with whatever one character trait the writers bothered to give them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know there's going to be something to do with the hearing aid. I really like the idea of this scene. Um, so he cuts off the guy's ear and he can't hear. And then the rest of the scene plays out with muffled hearing. That was cool. I love that idea. Yeah. I think there's a scary scene that could be done there.
1: Yeah. I There was a point where I was thinking through that. Where they should have cut the sound completely. Mm-hmm. Like even soundtrack stuff. Yeah. And so we're really from the kid's perspective. And then they had elements of that, which I thought... Oh, this... And then they broke it every now and, yeah, and again. Yeah. They broke it every now and again. So I thought... Well, yeah, how like did you like? Cool idea.
0: How did did it work for you with that scene where it's all creepy, and then you see uh, we pan to Freddy, and he's creeping around okay. behind the guy, and then turns to camera and goes,
1: "Yeah, again, again, sort of the whole Looney Tunes thing." <laughs> and i i I enjoyed it because it was funny, and because I'd already been set up to, I'd you a lot, yeah, to expect that kind of stuff. So I was like. Cool, whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the I already knew what the movie was, so I was like, "Yeah, funny. It's great."
0: Well, then he gives him a new hearing aid, which does the opposite and makes his hearing. It's like a spider thing that yeah cements into his brain, gives him too sensitive hearing. Starts dropping pins
1: mm-hmm. on the floor,
0: and then <laughs> brings out a <laughs>
1: chalkboard in a very sort it of like crazy pantomime. He sort of yeah it holds way. it. And
0: starts dragging his claws across it. He's in a boiler room with metal things everywhere. For the other movies, he's been happy to drag his claws along the metal things. No, he has to bring his own chalkboard to this meeting.
1: Extended chalkboard. I like the effect of the
0: chalkboard being extended out, actually. I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, we're in uh, just crazy, wacky territory. Absolutely. Insanely wacky territory. I
1: mean, it's... I mean, I don't know how anyone could watch that. Even a child and think any of that is terrifying.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to get to that in this because I think, other than a couple of bits, this movie is Mm child-friendly. And Freddy, like we said, he had become a child icon, which makes no sense (laughs) because he's a child murderer. We figured out in 5 he's actually uh, the caveat of he's also a child molester, which people always say, oh, no, he didn't touch, he just killed, Um, which is so much better. Uh, (laughs) But in 5 they do show he's a molester in one clipping. In this one, I think it's definitely definitely pushed to that he was a molester as well mm-hmm. um but not said outright mm-hmm. they don't said outright because they know freddie is an icon now kids love him kids mm-hmm. want to wear his costume at halloween so i think this film is partly playing to that of well let's make something that is more aimed for the kids and the mm-hmm. demographic or the young teens anyway the tweens
1: yeah the tweens
0: does that work tweens What does that really come from because that sounds like 20s mixed with teens doesn't it uh i don't
1: know Allison.
0: Allison. pre-teens preens preens <laughs> the No, oh, that sounds creepy um anyway so then john doe maggie head over to the orphanage what's over here um because i forgot why they go to the orphanage they find out because it's where freddie freddie's yeah they find out freddie's had a son they think or a child hmm. um anyway so they go to the orphanage there's a woman there who says she remembers both of them yeah but she seems a little crazy so they don't believe her Um, And that's when the lead thinks that he's Freddie's kid. And then we get Johnny Depp. Yeah. On a TV screen giving uh, a lecture on don't do drugs, kids.
1: Fry your brain. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because he's frying eggs and he's like, this fried egg is your brain when you do drugs.
0: That was amazing. (laughs) Did you expect Johnny Depp to come back to the series?
1: Uh, I think I remember hearing about it or reading about it, Um, but I completely forgot about it. So it was a a funny surprise. Nice little treat. Yeah, it was very interesting for him to come back at this point.
0: Yeah, the highlight of the series. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, then you have an acid trip, Freddie, as uh, Freddie turns the whole TV into yeah an acid trip and draws Spencer into a video game where he plays as but well, he starts off playing as Spencer, I think, doesn't he? And then mm-hmm. he sort of lets Spencer play as himself. Yeah. So we see Freddie in his boiler room with a little joystick Remember yeah it's it like, like an
1: Amiga kind of yeah. joystick is
0: it yeah it's old old school it's just like the one stick two button the, yeah one or two button um, and then comments very sincerely great graphics <laughs> <laughs> as we want this little sort of NES style version of Spencer running around a Mario level Spencer's in sort of live action, sort of, digitized live action. Yeah, yeah. And then you cut to Spencer in real life and he's doing the actions that he's doing oh in the video God. game with boing boing Mario noises and stuff. As he bounces
1: around the room, yeah. I
0: remember the first time I saw this film. I've only seen this film once and it was a long time ago. I remember just being aghast at this <laughs> point. <laughs> but I couldn't appreciate the it's so bad it's good elements of this. Yeah. I was just this is I can't fathom movies like this exist in the world. Um, and then he even puts on the Power Glove. Mm-hmm. A little bit of info about a Power Glove. Um, they wanted to use the actual Power Glove that Nintendo had just was bringing out at that point. Uh, do you remember the film The Wizard? Oh, I do. Great Classic movie. movie. Great movie. That was used just to market the Power Glove, basically, mm-hmm. but never took off. Uh, Nintendo refused them all rights to use the Power Glove. So Rob, Robert Shea said, I don't give a shit. We're going to do it anyway, and they can sue us. And they never did. And it was good promotion for the Power Glove because apparently it helped with sales.
1: So. They never released one with uh, knives at the end of it, did they? No,
0: <laughs> that would have done well. Yeah. Uh, um, and then they all start jumping into each other's dreams at this point with no powers needed as stipulated by the other films. Yeah. Uh, they just decide, this oh, happens immediately. I can see he's in a bad dream. I'm going to yeah. go in after him. And they just fall asleep and <laughs> jump in after him into yeah. his dream. Um, and then, yeah, he's Freddy sends Spencer down the birth canal again. It's back on part five mm-hmm. remember the birth canal I think they just had that set left over
1: yeah they just used it and that was it that was the end of it yep right Cause it, that was basically the end of it yeah Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs>
0: then you have the great line of John Doe when he's sitting in bed he goes back into his dream from the beginning of the film the house is falling again and then he's just sitting in his bed and he says nothing's gonna make me get off this bed and then there's pause and then fire <laughs> starts in the room and he just goes damn it <laughs> gets out of bed that's what you really know. Okay, at least they're meaning to be funny. Yeah. They're not just fucking it up so, so much that yeah. it's funny. Like, they're trying to be funny. Um, and then the twist comes that the lead kid uh, was used to bring Freddy back his daughter. Um, so that, quote, he has a whole new playground. Did you see this coming? Did you think it was actually going to be John Doe, who is his son?
1: Um... Did you care? <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't see, I don't know. I was pretty indifferent to it. I I was starting to, as it progressed, I was like, no, I don't think it is John Doe. I think indifference is a very good word to use
0: (laughs) with many of the films in this
1: series.
0: (laughs) Um, And then Freddie does a true, so I kept saying Wiley Coyote to you before we watched this movie. Mm -hmm. This is the true Wiley Coyote moment. Oh yeah. John Doe's falling through the sky. He has a parachute. Freddie's in the parachute looking at him. And then Freddy tells him, you're not my son. Yeah. I just needed you to bring me my daughter. You Cuts the parachute. John Doe starts falling through the sky <laughs> with that noise. And then we see Freddy. We cut to Freddy on the ground, pushing an enormous, like, just Bed of nails. Bed of nails into the road in actual, exact Wiley E. style. Yeah. Leans against it, pants, and then turns to the camera. Yeah, turns straight to the camera. Again. A lot of turning to the camera.
1: And then John Doe dies. Gets stabbed. Then we go out of the dream. John Doe's there looking at Maggie uh, as she's holding him, as he's just bloodied. And he's like, um, it, it wasn't me. Uh, it's not a boy or something like it's that. Not it's not a boy. Uh, and then he disappears Jedi style, like Obi-Wan.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's real life. In the real world. And he just disappears into twinkly stars. And yeah. then we cut to Freddy in the dream world. Getting the powers from this kid, and then Freddy just turns to us and says, It's travel time.
1: Yeah. And then. This is it, actual dialogue. And it's then it time. shows him, sort of like in a misty form, enter his daughter.
0: Enter his daughter to Uber over to whatever this new town is Detroit, Robocop. Just have a moment for that. <laughs> <laughs> so then Maggie and Tracy, the last survivors, get back to Robocop Town. Um, and no one remembers John uh, Doe or Carlos or the... Spencer. Spencer, that's his name. Yeah. Um, it's as if he never existed. But Kincaid... Well, he's not Kincaid, but the guy looks like Kincaid. Kincaid Senior, we'll call him. Uh, he remembers them. And they say, how do you remember? He says, because I'm in control of my dreams. Yeah. So I remember everything that happened. And I believe you about Freddy. Yeah. And here's what his plan is.
1: So you kind of got what you want, wanted. In that they didn't have to convince... Anyway, yeah, An cool. adult about Freddy. Instead, he just went, I control my dreams. I believe you.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you how we're going to defeat this <laughs> yeah. person as you just mentioned to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Then Maggie goes home, finds her adoption papers. Um, and then we get all the flashbacks to do with Freddy. So as, again, we're going back a long way now, but as a fan of the first film, Alex, as someone who had, you know, you, you're you the one who said, I want to do this franchise with yeah. you, I want to see what happened to Freddy. I want to go back to the first one, see what the evolution is. Do you like getting to see all this back history of him? Do you like getting these flashbacks?
1: You know, there's like a balance to it. In the um, third one, I particularly liked the um, backstory that developed with the nun, who turned out to be his mother. And I liked liked that sort of building his background. Uh, In the fourth or fifth one, I didn't like seeing the young version of his mother and like seeing that moment play out like i felt like it wasn't necessary and i didn't like that storyline at all um and there were elements in these flashbacks that i that i did like i i liked when there was like a brief moment panning through his uh, house basement and we saw like different versions of torture gloves mm-hmm. not just the loads of different types classic of gloves here. yeah and i thought that was just a kind of cool little a little touch um, and because it was one of those things that wasn't explained everything in these in this series or since the first one it feels like it's just constant like it has to be Mm -hmm. explained like someone has to like really just spell it out even if they don't do it in the most easy ways to understand Uh, so that was a really nice touch for me and I did like the moments um, where he was sort of interacting with his family but that was it The Other flashbacks, I was like, No, no, I was a kid, really. You preferred seeing him just
0: before, just before, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, because it's that that's enough to kind of build you don't need to feel sympathy or understand where he came from, yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, we've we've been talking about um, the franchise kind of turning and people feeling people starting to back Freddy. I have not felt that at any point, Mm. not even in this one, where I've just been like, Yeah, cool go you like that's an awesome kill like or even to the point of feeling sympathy for him because of uh the circumstances with which he was conceived and then the fact he was bullied at school and abused at no point was like i guess that justifies him molesting and killing children (laughs) (laughs) and then doing it in the afterlife it's just like i've never i've never had that turn where i see him as some kind of not even an anti-hero but like in any way mm. i'm just like great tom you can enjoy what they're yeah doing. yeah okay okay
0: um so then we get to the end of that yeah so notice when freddy is a kid again just to just to show how non-canon all of this is he's not mutated freddy and we're shown in his birth in the fifth one a mutated freddy coming out mm-hmm. Whereas as a child he looked all weird Uh, this is proof that that doesn't work at all because he just he's just a regular kid Mm -hmm. in this film he's not deformed or anything um and then maggie we find out her real name is katherine katherine kruger kk yep um and then she takes him yeah to detroit or whatever wherever it is and he turns to her she says but this isn't springwood and he says it's time to start all over again Every town has an elm screw street. And then, and then a <laughs> signpost erupts out of the ground <laughs> saying Elm Street.
1: Was this a dream? Was this real life? I'm not really sure. I thought it was kind of... A, yeah, actually, I,
0: don't know, I can't remember. Context was lost a little yeah. bit there. Um, Tracy then, the other girl that survived, uh, confronts her dad in her dreams and we find out her father who's been hinted at molested her. A lot of molestation going on in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, she goes crazy on him and beats him to the floor his face is this weird meshed pulp I have, I have some so I said to you during the film at fairly early on I said, do you want me to make this film less enjoyable for you and you said nope <laughs> and we moved on <laughs> um, so here's a little bit of quite sad information about okay. this film so Leslie Dean um, who who played the character Tracy um, she yeah plays the girl who's passed as a sexually abused girl uh, weeks after filming, Leslie began suffering flashes of memories um, and realized that she had real-life molestation in her own life and as a child was molested. Um, with the experience being so traumatic that she had repressed those memories and Freddy's dead forced those memories to resurface. Fuck. So that's what I was saying because it's interesting. I didn't know that the first time I watched it, watching it this time, seeing those scenes, like the anger she gets across. is actually really compelling in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, genuine anger coming from her. Um and I don't think at the time of filming she realized I think it seems to be something that happened after the film mm-hmm. and it started to resurface for her in dreams and stuff. Um so yeah that's that's very weird and sad and strange. Um All right. Um what else do we have? <laughs> the 3D. Then we get to the 3D element of this movie. <laughs> oh my god. So they're about to go into the dream to pull him out into real life. And suddenly, out of nowhere, other than you see him, I noticed him at the beginning, Kincaid guy is holding some 3D glasses at one point. And I thought, why is he doing that? At the end of the film, because I'd forgotten. He then hands her some 3D glasses just about to go to sleep. And they all look at him like, why? And he says, I have a quote for it somewhere. These mean nothing here, but in the dream, they can mean anything you want. (laughs) That's all the explanation. She puts on the 3D glasses. We're meant to put on the 3D glasses too. We did not because we tried that for friday the 13th part 3d and it made me feel sick um and then she's yeah then they kind of dissolve on her face so that she didn't have to wear 3d glasses for the whole of the ending but she starts like playing with her fingers mm-hmm. in kind front of her face and doing the regular 80s 3d bullshit yeah just i mean by this point it's crazy <laughs> Is it possible to care enough to be bothered by this stuff when you get to this point? Or are you just so along for it? Look, as much weird stuff as you can throw at me. For yeah, it. I mean, I'm not...
1: At this point, yeah, by this point, I'm not bothered at all. It's <laughs> like, just do whatever you want. I'll watch it till the end.
0: <laughs> but can you imagine watching a night run Street 1 and I would say, by the time we get to 6... He's going to be wily coding. Yeah. He's going to be creeping up behind people and whispering to the camera, "Shh, keep quiet." And then you're going to put on 3D glasses for the lead character, and we're going to go along with that and be fine.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think th- for me, the third one is the last one that I would attach directly to the first film. Okay. Actually, 1 and 3 are probably the ones that I really feel intrinsically tied in with each other okay um so by this stage you know i have such detachment of what followed to the first one which i really love and the third one which i quite like that that i have that attitude of just like and 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 because of the way this film started and it gave me a sense of like cool you know there would there was a self-awareness to it of like we're gonna like you said we're just gonna have fun we're just mm-hmm. gonna go crazy so i was like yeah cool do whatever we'll like, it's fun do. i don't care <laughs> okay. i'm with you on this fair enough <laughs> um so
0: apparently in the final 10 minutes being in 3d wasn't the only gimmick uh, that they did with this film new line actually held a funeral for freddie krueger at the hollywood forever cemetery oh, uh, invited the press to watch and assorted cast members and production people uh, from all of the films, mour- mournfully watched as his empty coffin adorned with flowers and Freddie's hat and shirt were lowered in. That's I don't know if so he's still out cool. there. So, yeah. there. That's cool. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, then they bring him into the real world. <laughs> they, conf- they get all the confiscated blunt items from the New York... Well, sorry, from wherever it is, the police
1: department. From the youth shelter, I
0: think. I think they're in the police department because I think it was all the confiscated like police items that they've taken from
1: I thought it was the youth shelter, because remember at the start, um, Breck and Maya has a pipe bomb, Yeah, and they confiscated it, and then that's what... That was in there. That was in there. Maybe.
0: There There is a weird synergy between the youth centre and the police department, Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, So we have... I mean, you pointed out, we're in the real world, and Freddy's crawling on the ceiling for a few moments here, which made no Mm. sense, but as you said, let's just go with this shit, (laughs) (laughs) because what what option do we have, basically? Yeah. Um, but then they find Freddy in the real world, unburnt, crying. He says, it wasn't my fault. You saw what they did to me when I was a kid. I tried so hard to be good. Now, do you think this is just him psyching her out to try and get her close? Or do you think that's genuinely a bit of real Freddy coming through?
1: Um, For me, the way I read it was um, that he was just trying to psych her out. Okay. Um. Yeah, I thought that was his intent straight away. However, a point that it did make me think about as far as just a theme which i wish they had i mean there were there's lots of things i wish they could have done over the series (laughs) but but it's that that theme of you know i like that idea of having the supernatural element of like he's the bastard son of a hundred maniacs and Mm this, none and then the supernatural element in the dreams but then i also do like the theme of that as a monster he's a product of of the community you know, because of his background and how he was born, like they created that monster from like the bullying and abuse he got. Right, 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 right. right. And I liked that. And I liked that he mentioned that. Like a cocktail of all of these. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, because then it pulls it away from the supernatural side. And makes it more human.
0: You weren't happy with the sperm demons being the reason for, <laughs>
1: yeah. This. They really just yeah. They throw everything at.
0: It. It's like, well, he was a bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Yeah. He was bullied at school. He had a stepfather who was then abusing him. He got yeah. into self pain. Then, uh, um, it, yeah, well, the, the, like he was burnt by all of the people because he was presumably molesting and killing their children. Mm-hmm. And then sperm demons came and offered him a deal with who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it, so many ideas. Everything from everything. <laughs> Um, I had a little bit of a problem with the ending here because they established about two minutes before that as a kid he enjoyed pain and didn't feel pain and he says something about the key with pain and it's just to kind of go with it and find a way to enjoy it or whatever. Um, And then when they bring him in the real world, she bites his nose, breaks his fingers, stabs him with his own glove and he's screaming and says, I forgot how much it hurts to be human. Mm-hmm. And you just showed us two minutes ago he enjoyed being hurt as a human. Yeah. So that was just, yeah, a little bit annoying um then she puts a pipe bomb in, in him he says kids to camera and explodes twice his face comes out of his face did you notice yeah. that he opens his mouth to scream like, and his rah! face comes out of his face rah! again uh, and then the three demons come out and fly off laughing um and that's the end that's the end of freddy so this is where it had ended alex would you be
1: happy would you be sated do you think this is a good send-off um you know what? I, I would be happy that the series is just done,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that we wouldn't have to do any more episodes of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, because like I, I said a few minutes ago, I really, for me, the 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 core of the story and the the elements that worked uh, were definitely in the first one and in the third one. Mm. Um, and then it was just from that point on especially from the third the second one's kind of in a weird little space of its own but from the third onwards it was like so wishy-washy and so like undercooked and just like all these weird random ideas that just never meshed so for me it was like if it's going to end here and end in this style where it's like cool we get it There's like a like we're drunk just, party yeah like we're just gonna own the ridiculousness of this and where it's actually gone to then i'm like cool okay mm-hmm. let's do that it's all fun let's give each other high fives and call it a day mm-hmm. so yes i'm happy to end it here okay <laughs> um all right so what about you in that respect <sighs>
0: I'll get to I'll get to my thoughts In a second When okay. we sum up If we recommend this movie or not Because this is a confusing film To to really recommend a lot <laughs> Yes um, Another little bit of info though Is the city of Los Angeles Declared September the 12th 1991 Freddy Krueger Day uh, It was the day before The film was released In cinemas And Freddy Krueger Was such an icon At that point That is insane That is Freddy Krueger Day That Los is Angeles. just crazy um, it was partly to promote the film, but it was also to promote Los Angeles because they needed more tourism at that point, apparently, and Freddy Krueger was such a big deal Fuck and was all no. shot here. So so they did. <laughs> so Alex, child molester day. To follow on from the question of were you happy where they ended it, if you knew there was going to be a Freddy 8, mm-hmm. sorry, Freddy 7, yeah, taking away everything you know about where it goes next, even though you, I know you haven't seen the next three films, you know roughly what's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm what would you want it to be? Where do you go from here? I mean, that's a tough question because I just also said I was happy for it to finish. So, I mean, if there was going to be a Freddy 7, where would I want it to be? Um, (laughs) Who silences it all? That is a tough, tough question. You know, I would almost... I'm going to throw it out there and say, why not, uh, do an origin story. Okay. But in the sense of like, not go all the way back. So you're like, I'm talking about almost like a Batman begins style. So it's like him being caught or him like killing and kidnapping children, him being caught by the parents, um, and, and just tightening up that story and removing the kind of junk that they put in. Some more real-life
0: crime thriller. Yeah,
1: like so then getting to that point, but then getting to the point where he's burnt um, and then like the second half of the, the film being it, him coming into dreams then, and that su- supernatural element okay. coming into it. But tightening up that that backstory. So you you remove the sperm demons. <laughs> you take out the sperm you demons. You cannot
0: abort the sperm demons.
1: Um, And you have a bit more clarity on the kids that he took from elm street and then like the motivations of the parents and that happening and then like the birth of supernatural Freddy. that's what i would want to see in it
0: so that's kind of what rob england was fighting for for a long time he Mm -hmm. wanted to do he didn't want to wear the makeup anymore he wanted to tell the real true story he he liked to really still uh, uh what's the word when you're making something more intelligent than it is over uh, I, I don't know he liked to uh, over intellectualize right what, uh freddy krueger and and think he was something more than uh, than he was mm-hmm. um so he was keen to tell that story and get to the meat of him as a real person and into his thriller actions rather than his horror actions mm-hmm. not what happened still hasn't happened as to this day it'd be very um, hard to go yeah. in that direction now it would be hard I, I by this point as far as i'm concerned it's just hard reset time it's like you can't go on you can't go on anymore yeah, yeah you have to take a few years out and you have to hard reset um so yeah as i was saying like this movie there's not much blood in this movie there's a little bit at the end where he's stabbed with his own knife oh it's finger gloves there's zero nudity in this movie and the only swearing is every time freddy krueger speaks he seems to have to say the word bitch at the end of every <laughs> sentence <laughs> which i think is his form of tourette's i'm not really sure mm. um so for me, yeah, I'm going to lobby again. This is a movie made for kids. I really do think this is a film made for kids. So bearing that in mind from a series of what started with one of the most horrific and terrifying like horror films of its time, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Alex, do you recommend this film to people? Do you recommend that people watch Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare? Uh,
1: look, I, for the last two films, I have given a straight flat no, do not see them. Um, And my issue with those was that um, they were clearly trying to be something they weren't or they sort of didn't have the direction and clarity of what type of film they wanted to be. So you're kind of getting these wishy-washy films that are part horror, but a bit cartoony um, and ridiculous and therefore just being so imbalanced and awful films. Saying that, this film is not great. It's not a great film. Really, Are you sure? Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, pretty bad film, but for me, it has a sort of quality and self-awareness to, to it that about it's sort of ridiculousness. It's, it's uh, silliness and a kind of clarity of like, okay, well, this is what Freddie is now. He is this sort of overtly cartoonish sort of character. Um, and it seems unapologetic about that. Um, and then, like we said before, it's like that right from the beginning. So if you have that awareness um, um, and you you have that expectation that you're not going to see a horror film, you're not going to see Nightmare on Elm Street 1, but you're going to see this sort of outlandish, crazy, uh, cartoonish sort of B movie, then yes, I recommend it. <laughs> Uh, is this an official recommendation? I recommend it because it's just it's 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 ridiculous. It's funny because it's just dumb and stupid. Um, but but for me, there's something endearing about it uh, that. And, and by that, I mean just how the the filmmaking itself. For me, it's like they were just like, yeah, cool, whatever. This is the last one. Let's just go for it. <laughs> so so I was what very I was there, very why? accepting of it, and I felt. At its most simplest, I felt more entertained than I did in the last two. And it's as simple as that. I was entertained for parts of it. Um, So, yes.
0: Recommend.
1: I will recommend it. Wow. But please please take my word when you have to be aware of what you're going to watch. (laughs) It's not Nightmare on Elm Street 1. So, if you're a big fan of that, like I did, which helped me detach... That film, and it's actually even the third one from it, and just going en- to en- it is. enjoy, yeah, enjoy the madness. Al,
0: <laughs> so yeah, as we said at the beginning, I'm judging these films on: are they fun? Are they scary? Do I want to back Freddy? Do I want to back the the victims? Do I want to back Freddy in this film? No, absolutely not. It's the worst iteration I think of Freddy that we get oh, in yeah. the entire series.
1: Uh, and that's what I forgot to mention. Sorry to interrupt. He looks the worst in this. He looks dreadful. Like yeah. the the makeup is just yeah awful.
0: Do I want to back the victims in this? No, I didn't like any of the characters in this film whatsoever. Uh, I couldn't care less about any of them. They were so one note and dumb. Was it scary? Absolutely <laughs> not. Not in any way is this a scary movie. I don't even think for kids this would be a scary mm. movie. They might be freaked out by some of the violence, I guess, at the end. But other than that, that's it. Was it fun? Yes. Yeah, it is a fun movie. Um, Is it fun like a good film should be fun? No, not at all. This Uh -uh. is a so bad, (laughs) it's fun movie. Now, I kind of feel like I need a new caveat here though, which is, is it a good nightmare film? No, I think this is the worst nightmare film that's been as a nightmare film. Yeah. Is it the most boring? No, it's more fun (laughs) than part five for sure. It's arguably more fun than part four arguably more fun in part two as well because uh, this is a dumb party movie so I'm stuck here with the it's the worst nightmare <laughs> film of the series but yeah if you go in with the right expectations of I want to watch a film that's so bad it's good with some friends and probably I would imagine beer would help this movie mm-hmm. immeasurably then it's a fun movie since you gave a recommendation I'm gonna not recommend this movie okay, cool. because it is awful it is god-awful. Like, it really is. It's a pinnacle of awfulness to such an art form that it's almost f- phenomenally fantastic. Oh, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was the worst film I'd probably ever seen. <laughs> my high bar, I think before that, had been *Joe Versus the Volcano. It used to be my worst <laughs> film I'd ever <laughs> seen. This smote that immediately. Um, coming back to it now, I was surprised because I was ready for, okay, four's been a slog. Five was a real slog. Oh, yeah. Six is going to be the worst and again, I think it is the worst in the series as a nightmare film. But yeah. it's certainly more fun than some of the other entries if you enter in the right frame of mind. So I'm giving it a, a, a non-recommend. Okay. But since you're, you've you got one recommend next to it, I think that, you know, people understand what they're getting into. Yeah. They're going to see this film. You mentioned in this one it's self-aware. The next film is a whole different way to do self-aware. And we'll be getting into that next I'm week. I'm
1: really looking forward to it.
0: Hoping you're joining us on this journey, watching the films alongside with us. Next week, we'll be tackling Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. Wes Craven returns to write and direct and have a co- sort of co-star role. As I'm well excited. In the film. Um, these are going up once a week. If you just head on over to iTunes, type in Tessellate, type in Nightmare on Elm Street or type in Geeks, uh, Geeks. which is the name of our weekly show where we talk about topical games and movie news. Um, you can subscribe. It would help us out. If you go to We Are Tessellate, We Are Tessellate with two S's, two L's, that's our URL, our website. You can link out to all our podcasts and you can link out to all of our social medias. You can also link out and watch some of our films because we are a production house based out of LA, Big out of Tokyo. Tokyo. Based out of London. London. (laughs) How do you do London? London. Wait, that's, that's accurate um, and we make movies we're making our first movie right now which is called Starfish Starfish uh, our first feature film I should say but we have other stuff coming web series and short films and music videos stuff stuff <laughs> like that so if you could check it out support us that'd be really helpful we will see you next week Alex thank you so much for joining me thank I've, you for having me as always you're welcome anytime uh, I'm your host Al White and whatever you do don't fall asleep we're out i just going to leave you like that for two minutes. Just keep going. <laughs> I'll put a little box in the corner of the screen on the video. Just you doing that. And I'll put it on the loop. Beautiful.